Hello, friends, and welcome to an episode of Star Trek Explores Cinemondo. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it is not that. Yeah. But it's... Um, and I wore my Spock ears. I told you guys I'd wear my Spock ears. Those they're, look good. You, you but can't they're covered them. up. Yeah, you, can't you can't see them, them because I'm wearing mm-hmm. headphones, but they're, I saw really, them. they're like original casts from <laughs> Leonard Nimoy's ears, and they fit me perfectly. <laughs> anyway... Um, today we're going to talk about an episode of Star Trek called Space Seed, which is one of the most popular episodes, I think, for a reason we'll discuss later. But the uh, it's a star date thirty one forty one point nine. First aired February sixteenth, nineteen sixty seven, and uh, today we have a special guest, Mr. Mark Maddox. Oh, hi. <laughs> who, um, not, he's not a huge fan of Star Trek, but we brought him along anyway. Hey. He doesn't know much Ooh, about it. Those are yeah. fighting words. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. That's like the worst thing you could say about Mark. I know, Mark, <laughs> is, Mark is actually probably the number one fan. I wouldn't go I would that far either. The top number, 10. number three, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I like Star Trek. I like it. It makes me happy. But this is one of those episodes that everybody loves. This is one that if you if somebody has not ever seen Star Trek, you can get them to watch this one and they'll, you know, they'll probably like it. And it's a great example of the thing that we talk about all the time with Star Trek is um they're just so good with their casting, you know, with their mm-hmm. with their secondary casting, you know, like the special guest casting. It's always so good. Don't you agree? <laughs> You guys, can, you guys can talk to you. <laughs> well, it was like you were going, and we figured there was a little bit more there. You're on a roll. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, this is a this is a horse of a different color with me with Star Trek. Uh, the first season is my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Out of pretty much all Star Trek, but this is one that isn't necessarily about going out into space, deep space, and some alien gives them some grief or something like that. There's no lizard men to fight. There's no giant spaceship grabbing theirs and taking it where it wants to. This is um, a a more human episode with basically earth men having to clean up their messes Yeah, is what it is. And, um, we know what happens after this. We know that years later, you, you've you got uh, uh, the director, uh, I forget his name, but Nicholas Meyer goes yeah. and watches this and takes what is considered a, a a decent episode for the first season and taking it and running with it and making a lot more out of it, which now mm-hmm. puts more importance back on this episode. So it's almost yeah. retroactively mm-hmm. more important than it's, if it was a straight thing and that had never been made. Wrath of Khan had never been made. I don't know if okay. we'd be, uh, but but people, you know, this gets this gets pulled along with it, um, and uh, the episode is spacey, right? Like we said, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's it, a super strong episode, though. Even if it yeah. hadn't been, you know, sequelized in <laughs> one of the feature films, it's, you know, Ricardo Montalban is so powerful in this, and it's a style of acting that you really don't see. It's like, you know, we talk about charisma and how actors have this charisma. And there's kind of like a, you know, when actors, certain actors walk into the room, there's this sort of woo, this vacuum that it's like, wow, this is a big, bigger than life, larger than life. And he really is kind of an actor that's like that. He's got that larger than life gravitas, which is perfect casting for that, for this, because he plays this, you know, genetically enhanced superior being who was a ruler on the earth. He was like a dictator. 
and his he and his uh, group of uh, fellow fellow uh, despots are frozen mm-hmm. and sent out into space. And um, you know, back in the nineties. <laughs> Yeah, I was the there. Internet I remember. Wars. Yeah, I remember when they launched. <laughs> oh, this was the bad. This was bad news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, what I thought was interesting too is that he was literally irresistible to any woman on the show. Right. Like basically, <laughs> I mean, look at the guy. He's got the cool, like, low cut shirt look on. He's dancing there. He knows how to move. And so anytime a woman walked in the room, she was just like, what? But um, he was a man from the past. I think the idea was that he's not one of these sort of, you know, computer button pushing. Mm-hmm. You know, Starfleet captains who everybody thinks is so heroic in, in the Star Trek realm. But mm-hmm. this guy actually lived back when, you know, things were rough. And and it is kind of this romance of, you know, she there's a there's a historian character on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Marla McGivers, played by Madeline Rue, who uh, sort of just falls for him before he even wakes up. Because I think she, he's a man of the past. You know, she's a historian, so here is history alive in front of her. A person from the past. It'd be like if we woke up, you know, Napoleon, and and uh, you know, some people would be like, you know, wow, he's he is uh, attractive because he lived during this time. He's a manly man. Be, yeah. I, I love the fact. I love the fact that Burke made the same same mistake that Kirk. Burke and Kirk. Burke and Kirk. <laughs> made, Burke. Burke made the same mistake that Kirk did too when he called her McGivers and Spock goes, Lieutenant Mac- McGivers. McGivers. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's no, no relation to McGiver. That's but right. no, but it's like it it's it's um it's interesting to me. Gee, I, I mean, there's there's so much about the show to love. There's also some stuff yeah. that I really get a big laugh out of. Right. Is the and I I actually thought about this when I was asked to come on the show this week. And I said, I was wait, I'm going to wait for Kathy's likes and dislikes because <laughs> I think she's going to get a backhoe and dig into a few things about this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I kind of don't you blame know, her. I don't blame yeah. her. You know, it's uh, like, <laughs> but we'll at the wait. Same time though, you know, and, yeah, we'll wait. But um, I still really love this episode because it is, pure entertainment like the whole yeah. thing is so entertaining it doesn't feel as preachy as some of them can get you know yeah. it's it's just i i feel like they have this great villain it's kind of old school villain we can all relate to it's not some right. weird alien it's like you know this guy who you know if anything is even you know more like us <laughs> back then yeah, I, than we are now um so i i really enjoyed that part of it so it's not an episode that i i hold in disdain at all even though you know the sexism of it which is just part of star trek but that's it still of made character it, you know? right it made sense in the context of what this character yeah. was you know and so i you know think of what these women have to look at all the time these guys in these outfits well, and they're all very scientific and then you have this guy who's like whoa well i heard the original draft of this episode was called pig and they uh they was he looking for later. a lost pig? pig yeah that's what it was new pig <laughs> yeah good pig, <laughs> You're but, a good pig. <laughs> but no i mean um I, you know the thing is it, it, it's it, when you look at ricardo montalban in this one and i love episodes where they bring on somebody that shatner shatner in other yes, words, that is at the true. level. Oh, William Wyndham's in this episode. Good. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, William Marshall's in this episode. Good. Ricardo Montalban's in this episode. You know, Shatner's over there off to the side, going like this. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking I about have Shatner. To amp it up. Yeah. It's like, wait, I'm ham on the show. Who's this guy being yeah. a bigger ham? 
Well, it's interesting because Shatner does downplay it. There's an old story by, um, oh, Climb Every Mountain, Board Every Stream. What's his face from uh, uh, the one who just passed? Like, I love him. I'm, I'm, having a hard, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, Christopher Plummer. I'm having a terrible yeah. time with names <laughs> the last year or so. Christopher Plummer said that he was, of course, doing Shakespeare. You guys know the story. He was doing Shakespeare, and he got sick, and he was in the hospital, and it was bad. And they brought in uh, Shatner was his understudy and he came in. And what happened is, is that every time the great Shakespearean speech was supposed to happen, Christopher Brummer would then stand up and start giving it and all that kind of stuff. And he said he went to the back of the theater, one of the nights that Shatner was doing it. And Shatner started the speech and then sat down and he goes, oh, he knew how to outdo me. And that's the <laughs> thing is if you get Shatner when he's, you know, like in this, when Khan's doing all of his, you know, we gave the world order on this. Watch Shatner. He actually goes low. He yeah. actually tones down and approves what a professional he is to let these other people pontificate and everything. Uh, like when he confronts Khan. Basically, mm -hmm. who, who are you going to Are you going to go ahead and give the basic plot of the story? I mean, about what's happening. Yeah, give a yeah. quick synopsis. I Start with the. Well, with you the, know, the, speaking of the acting and and upping upping someone, Shatner got a, you know several years after this, he he sort of took it back when he did Con. Yeah, you know, when yeah. he did that yeah. thing. He he. That's considered one of the moments, uh, one of the most uh, legendary moments of overacting ever committed to film. <laughs> but for a lot of people, it worked. It's yeah, one I of mean, those. It's, it's almost it like Nicholson in The Shining. It's like, yeah, it's over <laughs> yeah. the top. But damn, I don't want anything else, you know. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Ba basically, the premise is um, they find these people frozen. They find a an old derelict spaceship from you know uh, centuries ago out floating around in space and there's life signs on it so they go over and wake up these people who are frozen on there and they realize that these they, you know they they don't know immediately who they are but then they gradually realize these people are from from the old times when we had a war and these guys were like the despots you know they were taken over they were the tyrants and Khan was the leader, you know, his his uh, sleep pod woke up first, you know, because he was supposed to get up and decide what to do with the others. And so they suddenly these people from the distant future on a starship have these kind of wildlings on board who are, uh, you know, like warriors. And they have this idea, you know, this sort of eugenics style idea about superior beings and superior mm -hmm. people and you know superiority and all that kind of stuff and you know he's also you know takes what he wants from the women and he's not like the people of of the star trek times which is really interesting the mm -hmm. you know the play back and forth and the fact that there is a historian on board who's fascinated by him because she's fascinated by warriors and of the past and and it, it, you know, it goes on. There's a lot of back and forth between the, you know, Kirk and him, and and upper, you know, they get the upper hand, then he gets the upper hand, and uh, finally at the end, they, uh, you know, they overcome, they overcome the bad guys with cleverness, of course, <laughs> and the ending idea, you know, spoiler for a million year old show, <laughs> the, um, they send them to this planet. They find a planet, SETI Alpha somewhere. And uh, they say, you know, we're going to give you this uninhabited planet. You know, it's got, you know, it's got plants and whatever else you need for, <laughs> for to start your own civilization. And all your eighty frozen tyrants can go down there and start your own, uh, start your own world. And so they do, and that's the happy ending of the episode. 
And Spock, you know, says, it would be interesting, Captain, to return to that world in a hundred years and to learn what crop has sprung from the seed you planted today. And, uh, and you do get to find out. You did that from memory. That was good. That was really yeah, good. Yeah, totally from memory. And I like the eyebrow, like yeah. the, the Spock eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. But, um, that was really good. But yeah, we do find out, as everybody knows, in the film The Wrath of Khan, which is the second of the feature films. And it was, you know, Wrath mm -hmm. of Khan is... Uh, 1982 so it was a bit of little a little bit after they filmed this <laughs> like 20 years later 20 something years later and uh less than 20 years right no it's about uh, 15 years 15, something like, yeah. uh, 15 16 years something like that so not that long after the series really. it seemed it seemed like a long time when we were kids yeah yeah and yeah. now it's like wow that was that was a nothing that was a <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, go back, they return to this, uh, to this planet and they find out that they did screw up. You know, it was a, they put them on this planet and I think there was a volcano that erupted or whatever. <laughs> so Khan and his people are, and I guess, you know, Marla MacGyver's died because of the harsh environment. So he is never forgiven Captain Kirk. And so he comes after him and it, the whole episode, I mean, the whole film, the feature film, the wrath of Khan is Khan trying to get, again, you know, trying to overcome captain kirk to get revenge it's a it's a classic movie it's some people think it's the best of the feature films yeah i mean it's uh yeah what had happened is is that right after they got deposited on the planet and all the kind of stuff this the, the i think the, the sun went nova and oh, pushed it right. out of or destroyed one of the other planets marla macgyvers mm -hmm. there was those creatures that could go inside your ear and make you susceptible right. she got one of the creatures went in her ear and killed her Right. And so he now we're getting a variation. There's a whole bunch of overlapping in Wrath of Khan. And I want to do it for a second and run back to the show because this isn't about the movie mm -hmm. is the overlapping of obsession. It's, it, you know, there's a lot of references to Moby Dick. There's a lot yeah. of quoting from it. There's uh, Khan had become obsessed with Kirk. Get a little bit sort of like, you know, Kirk kind of did you a pretty damn good thing by just going, no, we're not going to take you back to the star base and put by you in irons. By not killing you. <laughs> by not killing you. Yeah. I mean, it's like they put, they, they tried to suffocate Kirk twice. Yeah. And they were ready to kill people and blow up the starship. And Kirk goes, you know what? We're going to take you to a planet that's kind of tough, but I think people, you're five times our strength. You can handle it. And they didn't know it was going to go fricking Nova and blow up, but, but Khan got lost his mind. And, and so we've got this film, which the masterpiece part of that film is the fact that they took a very famous character that we all love and said, Hey, you're getting older. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you got a son from all of your Tomcat, James T. Kirk, James Tomcat yeah. Kirk. We're, we're, we are we are um 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 we, you've got you've got some uh, some uh, checks to pay because you've got a son that hates your guts right and uh and mm -hmm. a and a, a a wife or at least a, a girl a woman that you were with yeah that is pissed off at you too it's a pretty amazing film in, in that respect i think it's a mm -hmm. i think it's a groundbreaking film for that um, and also, you know, spoiler for a million-year-old film, Mr. Spock dies at the end. What? Stop it! I and, never, I never saw the ending. Uh, I have a uh, little clip. Do you want to see a little clip from it? Sure, sure. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, let's see. Let me make but sure yeah, I, I mean that one. that film they did so much in that one movie. Yeah. Nicholas Nicholas Myers, great. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, this is the. You can see the, the little icky thing. That's a gross bug in your ear. That's like a really giant fake ear with a hand puppet. It's really nasty. It really is. It really is nasty. But, um... No match for a phaser. (laughs) But here's a funny thing about the film is that Mr. Chekhov is in it, and he wasn't in the Mm -hmm. series. He hadn't been cast on the series yet. So from a casting point of view, Chekhov could never have met Khan, but from a story point of view from a who gives a crap yeah Yeah, he could have met him somewhere he could have been i don't know i I sort of you know it's a pretty small universe he could have met him somewhere there's so many discrepancies between from one episode to another and everybody starts analyzing it it's like the planet of the apes movies if you try to tie it all together all the guy that professionally tried to it's 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 one of these things where you go just give it a rip this is about drama this is about hard mm-hmm. as sam fuller said this is about hard hitting melodrama <laughs> is what it's about so on that yeah. level it's fantastic oh, so yeah. mm-hmm. um, i've never been bothered by things like that really i mean honestly with films like this i can get into uh, each film as a separate entity you know but you know you I, hear fans like picking that stuff apart where it's like they totally blew it they went yeah. out of context they took it out of the time frame they messed up the universe You're just like, oh, they ruined my up. childhood <laughs> I'm going to run down a rabbit hole here. So much Uh-oh. Star Trek has been done since since the original series and so many series and cartoons and comic books. I get ir- even irritated when somebody says they hate the Gold Key comic books. I, that pisses mm. me off. I love the Gold Key comic books. I and love yeah, those things. Yeah. Other than the rocket exhaust coming out of the engines and a few other things. I was about to say, I don't even mind that. Yeah, I mean, but I look at, well, I mean, I... I own several pages from those Star Trek, the early Star Trek comics. There was a package of photographs and some material about what Star Trek was about, packed up and sent to Rome, Italy, where these these guys from Italy did all the artwork. Star Trek never showed in right. in Italy until the seventies. They were going off of this package of information that yeah. they did. Now with Voyager and Deep Space Nine and Starships doing all this other crazy stuff and all the wild stuff, you look at these comics and go, it kind of really does seem more plausible that it would fit. Just it doesn't look exactly like the old show, but it's it's there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Anyway, that yeah, was my fun. rant. The stories are, are different <laughs> from the show. You know, they're I'm out of the, the rabbit hole. Stories. I'm sorry. That I was, that was not a very too. deep rabbit hole. That always pisses me off. <laughs> oh, actually, well, your Cinemondo Star Trek, you got it from the comic book. Yeah, that's the comic book logo. Very nice. Yeah. By the way, I liked your music at the beginning. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was, was an attempt cool. to do the sort of fight theme from the show without yeah. without being without being without being sued. Yeah. Without <laughs> using the actual copywritten. But you know. back to the show, um, it's one of those things where you're looking at a guy who is so powerful that if you follow him, you know, I don't want to say, you know, you'll be taken care of, but it's like, it's like pointing or, or, or fixating who's the strongest person here. Yeah. Right. And it's like, Khan is totally confident Yeah, to mm-hmm. re- almost to ridiculous proportion. I mean, he almost makes Sean Connery and James Bond look sort of like, Hey, you're kind of a wimpy comparison, yeah. but it, it's sort of like, it's that sort of thing. It's like, you know, you're going to be safe with this guy if he is your leader. And um, I don't know. I mean, so there's you don't there's, piss him off. You don't get on his bad side. Well, don't piss him off. You know. Yeah. I mean, just don't piss him off. Also, don't try and talk about history when all he wants to do is see you with your hair down. That's basically right. what it's about. <laughs> 
And I'm just saying. He wants you to sit and entertain him. You know. Please stop talking and entertain me. Yeah. <laughs> but and that's you know that's who that's he's that sexist he man you know dominating everyone thing. That's what he does. That's and that's why I think it was funny to see him and Kirk together because Kirk is used to being the like you were saying like the top dog and here comes yeah. this guy. He's like, whoa, hold on, like, this old school shit still works. Wait, what? Yeah. Planet, planet of the pigs, right? Rated R. So, so Kathy, let me ask you a question, hmm, hmm, Kathy. So you're watching Khan, and and it's like it takes about ten seconds from this girl, this woman who's come in and is talking yes. to him, for them to be kissing, mm-hmm. and then there's the scene where she comes in and goes, well, I'm talking to him and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and he starts to hit on her and she, she goes mm-hmm. like, no, please don't. And he goes, go, you know, go yeah. then or yeah. stay, but do it because it is what you wish to do. You know, exactly. that kind of thing. And she, and then finally gets her to the point where she goes, no, please. I'd <laughs> like to stay. stay now. Yes. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, I look at it as, okay, so she is an educated woman. She's a historian, right? I mean, for some reason they have one of those. (laughs) So she, she is used to dealing with men on intellectual level for the most part, because you know, they're all scientists are on the ship. So I think when this guy came on, he was such a novelty. Like she's like, Whoa, hold on. I got to think about this for a second. She wasn't used to this sort of primal masculinity. So it was sort of repelling at first, like, Whoa, I got to think about this. But then, at the same time, she's like, well, this is kind of different. I'm kind of liking it. Hmm, let me think. Maybe I should just sort of see where this goes. There's sort of that resistance. And I think just the the acquiescing because it is so unique to yeah. anyone, every man she'd been dealing with. So I think, you know, in a way it makes sense. But at the same time, it, it did feel a little harassy. Yeah, <laughs> but well, at the same say, time, would, he said she could leave. Would and that, she didn't. Well, so. okay. I was going to say, would that scene play nowadays? Like if we filmed it today on some show, what would you get? Be like, hey, why don't you go to hell? And then she storms yeah. off. I don't know. It's, they still do happen though. Those scenes are still around. You know where the woman says no, and then oh, what I really meant was yes. <laughs> you know, so I'm just trying to show that I have my own mind. And I think you know part of it is she like I, I think he's just it's just you know it's just cameras. too fascinating for no pun intended too yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, he, it's very primal. I think it just sort of he's primal. The she, attraction again, was primal, you know, she's and she wasn't used with to history. It. You know, yeah, she, she yeah, and she'd already knew a little bit about him. So the set dressing true. in her bedroom is, mm-hmm. or in her quarters, she had a painting of him in there. Said actually, really <laughs> nice artwork. I don't know yeah. who did those paintings, but they were nice. No, they were nice. They was good. Yeah, like nice yeah. watercolor. I painting. love the fact that it's sixties looking. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's right yeah. next to the bullfighter painting. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I thought they were cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, and she's got sculptures in there of you know Earth history. Like like Kathy said, it's funny that they would have an Earth based historian on like you know a starship. Yeah. But I guess maybe in a way, if they do encounter cultures that have certain certain aspects, you know, alien culture, she might be able to offer some sort of insight into it based on Earth history. You know? Well, I, w- I would also think too. It's like, yeah, she does have this specialty, but I'm sure she's yeah. on the ship for other reasons. Yeah, like right. it's not just this focused. Okay, I know all about Earth, a general something that she's on there for. But yeah, like a sports scholarship or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. I have this clip. It was a continuation of the first scene we showed where I think that actually, I think McCoy actually outmanlies Khan. Oh, yeah. He's, together. Oh, and that's yeah, one that's of my favorite. Scene. I'm kind of going into my, you know, accommodations. It's one See, of I was going to act it out for you, but if you got the clip, just yeah, so this is your commendation. Yes. 
Look at those eyes. Look into my eyes. Well, either choke me or cut my throat. Make up your mind. He's so chill with that eyebrow. Yeah. English. Like Spock. I thought I dreamed hearing it. <laughs> Where am I? You're it. He's got a knife and strangling him. You're yeah. in bed. Holding a knife. His hands have makeup on them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> These guys have all got body paint. Well, I have if you would cut the smoky eye. eye. Just under the left ear. Flesh colored nipples. I like how he's telling him how to kill him. He's got to yeah. get the artery under the ear over here. Yeah. You're not. That's <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> I like a brave man. I like brave a brave man. man. See, he's even seducing McCoy there yeah. in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, in a few so minutes, they, they, they cut the scene. They cut the scene where he told McCoy, "Go unless you want to stay." Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And when he's like, "You know, you'd look better with your hair down." Yeah, <laughs> so soft. That's yeah, the thing. He's from, he's, from, man. he's from where uh, you two guys met, I guess, Atlanta. I mean, he was a film usher in Atlanta, Georgia. I love that. That's where That's he came so from. Where is Kelly? Oh yeah, absolutely. He was a he was a movie house usher in Atlanta, Georgia, and then he goes, right. you know what? I want to kind of be involved in what I'm seeing up on the screen, and he went out to California. Wow! Back a in the forties, a friend of mine lived right across the street from him in Hollywood, over wow. over near uh, nice. over near your old place, Kathy, up in the Aww. Hollywood Hills. Aww. He um, uh, I met him twice, and he was wonderful, but he was quite a bit older. I mean, he yeah. was yeah. way older, but. It was nice to, to meet him very soft-spoken uh i think he was a great guy i will say this anytime i post pictures of any artwork i've done with like william shatner you get a good response leonard yeah. point response goes up to forrest kelly it goes way up huh. like yeah, you're, you're like your likes are like really up there and i'm like i think people love d kelly sometimes the best yeah out of, out so. of the people on the show he was amazing posted some really mm -hmm. great pencil drawings that you did of the of the characters like the the i think kirk mccoy and spock and right? spock right yeah it and was the, uh, the, the 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 trinity and they're <laughs> such classic drawings they're really good anybody who hasn't seen them needs to track you down and look at your drawings i, I did them i did them for just it was the 50th anniversary and i'm like i got a Every once in a while, even I get so uh, uh, you know romantically involved in in some of the something like when Roger Moore died. For some reason, I had to draw yeah. some pictures yeah. of Roger Moore. I had to get it out yeah. of my system. Yeah, and so I did a 50th anniversary. I remember the 10th anniversary. I remember me calling all my friends here in town, and it was like we were like, oh, it's so many minutes until Star Trek premiered 10 years ago. Now it's 50. Now it's 55. Yeah. So at the 50th anniversary, I did these three pieces and had no intention of doing anything other than selling them as, you know, private. And they ended up being published in uh, the British magazine Infinity. And it's oh, just cool. because yeah. I, and then I sold them. But yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, the Shatner one got signed by Shatner. Oh, nice. The guy, the guy who bought it took it to him and had him sign it. So oh, that's that very fun. cool. That's but awesome. um, th this is all, as a matter of fact, I didn't even think about it until later when I was watching the episode that we were going to do when I was watching Space Seed. It's like, oh, that's where I got that photograph that I worked for. It's actually from Space Seed. Oh, that's funny. It's where he's turning around. It's like, cutting off your oxygen, Captain. You know? <laughs> no. So, um, um, so we should go into accommodations and anomalies. Accommodations or? provided by. Accommodations provided by Cinemondo. Accommodations. I have five times your strength. We gotta easier words. I, I can't say that. You're commending them. You're, co you're commending, commending and anomaly. Commendations. 
it's a uh, um i yeah i mean who wants to go first with the things that they love most about this episode i think mark and kathy Okay. Well, I played the clip of what I liked. I liked uh, McCoy getting his big moment of being the masculine guy. That was a great scene. I thought that was pretty great because it was a little more unexpected and he was so cool about it. I thought that was pretty fun. Um, And, you know, I, again, I, the, you know, Mercado Montalban was so entertaining. He was so fully invested in the character. So fun. I just, I enjoyed him in the episode. And I, I agree with what you said earlier that, if someone hasn't really seen a lot of Star Trek and you want to show them an episode, this would really be the one because it's just endlessly great. It's yeah. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's basically my commendation. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Um, I do agree with you on the McCoy scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, one of the things I really uh, love about it, having watched it, I mean, I've seen this thing how many times, but watching <laughs> it again this week with, I got to be on a podcast. I better do this right. And actually (laughs) paying attention to every word and putting the the text on the bottom to make sure I didn't miss anything and all that is the fact that despite they, they didn't make you completely hate him. Right. No, they didn't. There was things where even when uh, uh, Scotty and and McCoy and Kirk are talking and Spock's like, the hell are you guys talking about? He's a scumbag. And it's like, well, there were some certain things that they said about him, but even the fact that, Everybody on the ship that they reactivated, brought back from the stasis or whatever, was mixed. It was even in the yeah. villainy of this guy, there was a, a, I really am trying for a better future for everybody. Yeah. And it was, yeah. they said there's Asians, there's this, that, and, uh, and all that. And it was like, um, that was, that was good. And then, for on a personal level, as a little boy, as a little kid, watching this for the when I saw it when I was real little, when Khan is told he's locked in his room and he takes his hand and puts him against the door yeah. and rips the door open and hits that stuntman yeah. and the guy just goes flying. Yeah. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. Okay, you're going to throw your fist. This guy's going to run in and then do a spin and then flip through the air or something. And I'm like, wow, yeah. because they cut it just right where that guy gets hit in the face and spins out of control and then lands on the ground. Yeah. And, you know, it's just stuff like, and then, then the fight at the end where Kirk has to kick his ass. Yeah. Who are these guys fighting at the end? It's like, suddenly there's two other guys come running in and start fighting. Yeah, I know. They, they were, they were standing. Stand. Yeah. Come why, on. why don't, don't mess up the scene. Well, <laughs> you know, back in those days, everybody was watching this on an old CRT television and nobody Possibly ever black suspected. And white. Yeah. Nobody suspected that your television would someday, someday be so clear <laughs> that you can, you know, that it would dwarf a lot of film, Yeah, you know, in some ways. I mean, I remember seeing these things at 16 millimeter at conventions that like, I mean, I was stunned even then. Yeah. And nowadays it's like, yeah, it's so blatantly not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, you see, you see Khan get up and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm from Jersey. Yeah, you know, some guy, you know, that they puts totally. a little makeup on and a wig and everything like that. But yeah, you know, it's like still, chip the you stunt, just, man. You, yeah, you just yeah. go. Uh, by the way, one thing I wanted to bring up real quick, since we are doing Star Trek, <laughs> is the death of Eddie Paskey. Oh yeah, he, recently, he passed yeah. away recently. He was, uh, you know, Shatner's stunt double, and he he had mm. some lines in episodes and stuff like that. But to me, you know, that's one of the important things of Star Trek. I mean, Captain yeah. Kirk got into a lot of fist fights and a lot of stuff, and Paskey was the guy most of the mm. time that did it. So you know, he you was got, in the show got, too. Yeah, he, he was in the, the show. And the he sat in yeah. the checkoff chair, mm. and he was also in this episode as a sort of a 
like a higher high up guy because when they had their big sort of formal dinner, he was seated at the table with yeah. Uhura and Scotty and cool. Doctor McCoy and Spock. And he got knocked out when they did the uh, when they cut off the oxygen to the yeah. bridge and everything. And I remember his name. I mean, I was like 14, 15 years old when I first said, yeah. Eddie Paskey's uh, William Shatner stunt double. I'm like, oh, okay. And mm-hmm. so for all these years and to find Eddie passed away, there was no fanfare and it kind of irritated me. I know. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. yeah he, he went to the conventions. I think he felt the love. I think he knew that. He deserved he was, it. Yeah. 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 yeah he was sure. in there. He was, I always remember him as this sort of Elvis, Elvis looking guy in the background that, you know, the cool <laughs> yeah. looking guy who looked like he yeah. hit somebody in the face. You know, like punch an exactly. alien. <laughs> so, Burke, what's well, your commendation? My commendation is a is kind of a strange one because normally I I really love the shows where they go to planets and they see aliens and mm-hmm. they, you know, they they encounter alien cultures and they, like Mark was talking about earlier, they, it's a show about space, you know, but this one, like you said, was a show about Earth people, um, but from different eras. But the thing is, it's also almost a bottle show in that it takes place in almost entirely on spaceships. See, those are my favorite. I'm one of the, the odd ones out of I, I love like the that too. I actually, ones. Well, yeah. I, I understand what you're talking about, Kathy, because some of the episodes we've talked about are on the ship almost exclusively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on what the plot is. Yeah. True. If it's yeah. well written, it can work. But sometimes yeah. I'm a little distracted by some of the bad production, you know, cheap production design on planets. Yeah. So I like on the ship, it's it's like, it's tight. We know what's happening. And then it just becomes about writing and relationships. And I think that's why I like it. Yeah. yeah. And this one had the, I mean, they had the set that they built for the interior of the SS Botany Bay with all those sleep yeah. chambers, which is a pretty amazing mm-hmm. set. You know, thinking about low budgets and whatever, it's like, that's one scene, you know, where you go in and, resurrect these people but they did such a beautiful job on those compartments and the way it slides out and you see him slide out on this tray you know like on a shelf and and then they also for this episode built another set specifically for this show which was the um the vacuum environment chamber where they put kirk and and you know they take the oxygen out of it and that was that yeah that was a really yeah, it's a cool set because it <laughs> yeah. had more. It did more than it needed to do. It had this really cool latching system, and it also had this trying to door do the shatter up and a and a uh, another door opens up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to get far back enough to do this. That was really good. That was really good. I plan on doing the Bravo. There you go, Bert. Get your arms out all the yeah. way up this time. Shatner but, you know, that set was a little bit more than it had to be. You know, the people who made the sets, designed the sets, and built them on this show, they were always so good. Even when Kirk just pulls out a piece of of gear on engineering, he pulls this thing out from behind him, this weapon, which basically solves the whole show. <laughs> yeah. And he uses this uh, device that he pulled out of the wall, which he, you assume is like heavy kind of metal, and he whomps, you know, Khan with that. Well, I mean, Even, that's right. That's right. When Khan goes, I have five times your strength. Yeah. And then Kirk just kind of pulls this little wobbly thing out of the wall and just starts, well, I guess I'm going to have to pick up something and hit you with it. Gets <laughs> yeah. him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but even that little device that he pulls out of the wall, it, it's it's designed better it's than it Matt Jeffries. It's it's yeah. got that Matt Jeffries look to it. That that the same yeah. thing. It looks like oh, that looks like part of a Klingon ship or something. But it's got the little yeah. wedge and all that. And I'm like, still it looks, looks like it was made by the like same future. people who made the Agonizer. You know, it's yeah, got really. that, that aesthetic. 
And the aesthetic of this show is so beautiful. I love that's my commendation is the fact that you could the sets and the the sets and the props and everything on this show were were so good that you could have a a bottle show and it's interesting and fascinating because you're in you know, you're in engineering, you're in the uh the conference room, you're Mm -hmm. in the uh the transporter room, which we see from a different angle in this one, which is interesting. (coughs) And um Things like that. I mean, it's like the way they the way they used the interior of the Enterprise is really nice, and and uh, yeah, that's my that recommendation. That was great. Cool. All very different set dressing stuff and design and props yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> I like that stuff. Well, it is it is funny to me that we talk about the minimalism of Star Trek. I mean, there was a time there when. Star Trek in the in the sixties looked like the future, and then you started moving up to Star Wars and Blade Runner and all that kind of stuff, and said, "Boy, that looks so hokey." But then you see those recent launches up into space, yeah. where there's like three guys, three chairs, and yeah. three monitors, and a couple of dots, and I'm like, "Oh, we're back to Star Trek now." Yeah, yeah. You know, we're almost back yeah. to that. It, it, I mean, if you did yeah. that as yeah. a set, even on Outer Limits, they would have gone. Boy, that's cheap. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. one of these days it's going to be a lot more minimalist than we mm-hmm. would have thought three centuries from now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it comes back around. It's like you can say that about 2001: Space Odyssey too. It's like that used to have such a 60s look when he arrived on the moon, and you see the, you know, the, the uh, Pan Am looking uh, flight attendants and. And, but then yeah. you're like, okay, that's kind of retro now, and it looks <clears throat> cool again. And the way she's dressed, come is back, really kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so do we now, have any anomalies? Things anomalies. that we just didn't didn't like about the show, or things that you know, if you if you care to point out any flaws or discrepancies. Or... I think even though I gave it a pass earlier about the woman falling in love with him like that and why (laughs) I think I would have enjoyed it more. And and I understood it. Like I kind of got what they were trying to go for the whole primal attraction idea. I wish that she had sort of backed out of it at some point and been like, you know, a a sort of came back to her intellectual identity and kind of resisted it. Um, She did though. She went and saved Kirk, you know? Yeah, she did, but she still went off with him to another planet. You know, I I, I would like to see her kind of like disconnect from him. I'm like, no, I don't want this shit. Like it just felt like it was sort of rewarding this sort of toxic masculinity idea because he was very abusive and controlling that it would have been cool to have seen her kind of drawn in by it at first and then, you know, gotten out of it and gone back to, you know, being the scientific officer. So that was my, it was a little disappointing to see her never really recover it was, so that was weird probably that my she main seemed right. okay to admit to Kirk that she wants to go with him because Kirk said you can go yeah. with him if you want. Do you want to go? And she's like, Yes, I do. See, I, I hated that. I did not want that. Even so, I was hoping she'd go. No, you. I'm not going because she knew who she was. But she again, she was just you know going to be putting up with that, and it cost her her life. So <laughs> there you go. It would have been interesting if she had said, Yes, yeah. I do want to go. And Khan looked at her and said, You have no honor. You know, it's like why would I want a woman with who doesn't. Um, stand with her captain you know you've betrayed your captain you i almost i tried to kill him and you now you're uh siding with me you know yeah at the same time though i feel like that would twist. be shaming her like i wanted her yeah, to make the decision that. not con you know yeah. even though that would have been funny too actually but um because that would be totally what he would do is being you know the sort of manipulative asshole that he was he would be yeah. like oh so you're gonna be that now be like yeah you know never pleasing him so you know that that was probably my main gripe is like to see the the trope of the like oh he's so manly and then just have her not ever really get out of it that was right. a little bit of a drag but overall i got it 
I agree with you a hundred percent. And as a father, if my daughter was like hanging around a guy like that, I'd go oh. find a shotgun. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, I would. It'd be like, you just know, find the, an the oxygen chamber. Yeah. Look, the second, when she turns to him in modern times, he's like, no, please. I'd like to stay. It's like, what uh, the hell? What have I yeah. taught you about pigs? I just Melania. want to try out the pig once. Then Melania. I'll be back to my normal self. This thing is fascinating. So it's one of those things where I'm like, um, mm-hmm. you know, that that kind of drives me up the wall. Yeah. Um, and also Kirk, uh, and he said she's going to get a court martial and all that kind of stuff. She did convert, but it was so um, something about it just, it, it, you know, we are talking about a 52-minute or 54-minute drama. Yeah. You're having to race or something. Like, God, I thought about it. I mean, I didn't sit there with a stopwatch or anything, but when yeah. she comes into his, his, his quarters, Khan's quarters, they're kissing within like about, what, 30 seconds or something? And like, oh, yeah. yes, we have to get this along. This is not the a two-hour The chemistry was film. undeniable. The chemistry was <laughs> undeniable. Um, I think the most amazing thing about it in terms of, I think it was counterbalanced by the fact that Kirk was ballsy enough to go mm-hmm. i'm gonna let you go to a planet i'm not gonna kill you we're not gonna put you in yeah. prison yeah. you guys want this you can have it yeah. leave us alone given the fact that they tried to kill him yeah that they were threatening to kill more they people took over a that they smacked and... lieutenant uhura in the face right at his command and everything this is the problem i have with wrath of khan Oops, this is where your your ratings on your show are going to tank. <laughs> now we're going to get tons of comments hating us. That actually works in our favor. I don't give two hoots and a <laughs> yeah. shit. It's one of these things that drives me nuts about Wrath of Khan is that he is so mad that his wife, who he treated like crap in the show, yeah. grabbed her by the wrist, put her to the floor, and, and was yeah. physically abusive to her. And then he's going to kill Kirk because of the death of his wife, who he treated like crap the whole yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, I expected the cop to show up, and it's like Khan opens the door, and she's got a black eye. Right, and it's he's like in his underpants, I, and it's like <laughs> now that could be the fact that there's enough space in between the years, and Nicholas Mayer just goes, "I'm going to go ahead and 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 do this plot, and this is the point, you know, you dirty rat, you killed my brother yeah. or my wife." But that's the one thing that kind of drives me nuts about it is that yeah. you didn't really like your wife that much. I don't think. <laughs> You really could treat her like crap. Maybe he grew to love her on the SETI Alpha 5. That's, or whatever it was. That, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I can agree. Maybe he, he grew to love her. Maybe he, he grew to love her. Maybe she, maybe she did something cool. Maybe some monster attacked and she killed it with a sword. I don't know. Or maybe she sort that's of true. you know, hipped him to the modern style of uh, relationships and told him, you know, let's be equals. Let's be... Uh, you know, I can do I can do just as much as Never. you. Never. Not with Khan. No way. Equal. Yeah. Nope. But remember... <laughs> He had five times your strength. Five times your strength. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the one yeah. thing. It's sort of like, I love the, that's what I love about Rathacon is the Kirk, the Spock, the McCoy, and all that kind of stuff. The other part reminds me of a Jimmy Cagney movie almost, you know, yeah. where it's just. Yeah, the women movie. swooning all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's still a great movie. But, it's still I mean, great. It's fun. But this episode <laughs> is one of those. That's my, my, my gripe is the earth is cleaning up its trash. Mm-hmm. They, they, they created the problem now that now they're way out in deep space. And then they're, they're, you guys caused this problem. This isn't like you going to some planet or something and, right. and fixing a problem out in space. Right. Your, your stuff has followed you out there. And that's one of the things I kind of, I, I didn't like about episodes like that. And um, Kurt killed a lot of people for a lot less. 
Like I, I sort of didn't quite understand. I mean, yeah. it seemed like he's so trigger happy, but when it came to Khan, he's like, yeah, we'll just let you go. It's like, why? Because they, they <laughs> yeah. respect. Remember that scene where he says, you know, you can dislike know, somebody's but... beliefs and still respect them. Well, that was his justification, but he's like I said, he's killed people for less. <laughs> well, there is a scene, though, where those people are waking up in that incredibly yeah. beautiful fishnet, a gold <laughs> fishnet. Yeah. And and Khan says to one of his lead dudes, he goes, uh, uh, first we take the ship, then we take the Earth, and then we take the universe, or something along those lines. It's like his yeah. intent is not to be on any planet. Right. If Kirk had heard that, he might have just yeah. said, Spock, give me your phaser. And, <laughs> you know, even and Spock was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's what I would have been. I will say this about the movie that gets really torn apart is I really did enjoy the Zachary Quinto fight with Khan in <laughs> in that the 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 worst of the three Star Trek movies the, the what ones. they call the Kelvin timeline yeah, what did the they call timeline. it yeah. uh, I loved watching Spock and him go at it mm-hmm. um, the, the I, I wish they hadn't done Khan there was there's too much there's too much deep seated DNA history with science fiction yeah. fans. Mm-hmm. For them to have done that story, I thought the the rumor was it was Gary Mitchell coming back from oh. the from the pilot episode. And I'm like, right. oh, okay, that would have been cool. Yeah, but to do Khan is almost I don't want to say blasphemy because somebody could do it right. They it's just didn't too do it right. obvious. It's like too on the nose. Like yeah, it's like let's give these yeah. people what they really yeah. want, which is Khan, and it it went it went over the cliff. I do like. Yeah. I love the first film that they did. That first yeah, one I was like, amazing. I like these movies, actually. I do, too. I do well, more. They're made by fan. I, yeah. I think he's getting it right because he he's basically like doing things he wants to see, and he's a big fan. So yeah. I'm yeah. sort of giving him the benefit of the doubt. But the uh, but the you know I mean you're 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 t- talking serious Trek history that spans a lot of time with people. Um, but again, considering it's the Kelvin timeline, it's yeah, an alternate version of Khan. That's, true. And, that's what I try to tell people. They don't want to hear. It. Yeah, no. It's I mean, like I people still, some people fans don't always get it right. I got onto a podcast one time, and I was expressing my love for you know Star Trek's got to keep going. We're we're getting old. People are getting old. The fan, you know, and and they're going to keep going. Why do you guys tear into these new films? And I was basically right. told on microphone, "F you." Oh. Oh, that's nice. Wow. Yeah, it was bad, and I was like, I stand by what I said. Um, I think it's okay to do new versions of stuff. I yeah. think it's all right. I think it's okay to cast diverse people in roles you that were white people. Why? What is wrong with that idea? <laughs> make it yeah. make it heartfelt and it base good. it on the heart and and the emotions yeah. and everything first, and then put everything else around it, and yeah. you've got you've got something good. But you now it's like now so you know, many people like, you hear bitching about this star trek yeah. or that star trek yeah. or whatever it's like oh my god people, it's like why not, have a, already? why not have a black james bond or a woman james bond exactly I mean, it's no like, you know i mean it, it maybe change the name from james or something but it's like just keep it the same fiction. it's fictional yeah james god. could be but but it's a fictional character and that's the thing about that's the thing that people who like comic books kind of have built in we have built into us because Comic book characters have been rebooted so many times, you know, when we were so different. Yeah. Batman was already like, what, 80 years old or something. And it's like, you know, his origin story in the original stories took place in the, you know, what, like, I guess when he was a kid in the late 1800s or something. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to re, you have to reboot every so often and, you know, add the new technology and the new styles and the new, you know, you, 
and a new person becomes Batman. A new person becomes yeah. Captain America. Captain America might be a black guy now, which is cool. I think that's great. Might as well. Yeah. I mean, why it hurt not? my childhood at all? It doesn't. No. It doesn't ruin my childhood. Yeah, I mean, there's that's the thing too. I mean, somebody goes, "Well, I really hate all forms of Star Trek." Well, you got those three seasons in a box. Yeah. <laughs> if, you don't wanna, if you don't want to go any further, put them on. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. Star Trek that I absolutely love. Certain films or episodes yeah. of shows and stuff that I absolutely love that I know other people just hate. And it, it, it kind yeah. of irritates me that you're so vehement and so yeah. like, we are going to hammer you with our hatred yeah. of this side of the other. And it's like, you know what? They're still going to be playing this stuff long after we're dead. Yeah. So why don't you just calm down? Probably you know? gonna be calm down people of it after we're dead. Yeah, too, really? You know, and, whatever the new the newest hot young actors are going to play kirk and spock you know in 50 and years should. it's knows? a great setup it's a great yeah. they're great characters uh, let's just keep going it's fast it's fast you can sit here and complain about doctor who isn't what doctor who used to be and it's like right. that might be just because at this point the right writer and the right director aren't on it but you'll get the right one. You'll get the person that goes, we have to go back to the human story on this. Yeah. And if you do it, it'll be fine. And it's like, you know, people Who's just your favorite doctor who for me, mm-hmm. Tom Baker. And Burke, do you have one? Um, I, and, then, and then John Proway and then Patrick Trout. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I think Tom Baker probably for me too, just because that was my first doctor, you know, the first doctor who I remember. And I, I remember think that's important that you say that. This yeah. the first one you saw. Yeah, not for me. It wasn't my first people. was Tom Pertwee. It was a remake of Quatermass in the Pit called uh, right. the Daemons. Well, see, I did not watch Doctor Who. I started watching it with the reboot with David Tennant and then Matt Smith. I love them. Like yeah. I tried to watch the We're old good. Doctor Who. I'm like, blah. I don't want it. It's like Ooh. to me, it's like the first Doctor Bye. Who for me. David Tennant is the one I like. <laughs> yeah, that's the well, one. So Doctor I think that Who's that happens so too cheesy. with some of that the was... Star Trek. That's what kept me from watching him when I was young. First of all, David Tennant is a great actor. He is great. He's wonderful. I know. I mean, Broad Church and everything else. Yeah. I'm just saying, but, and Matt Smith is a superb, I think he's almost like, like, why the hell isn't he way more famous? I I don't think they've had a bad person cast Mm -hmm. as the doctor yet. I just think some seasons stink in comparison to others. But um, but that but, but we digress. <laughs> no, it's all important. Was a cool we doctor. should talk forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are going on an hour now for Star Trek. Yeah, so it's probably time to wrap it up. But yeah, that was that was Space Seed. I think <laughs> I don't really have any anomalies with this one, other than the ones that you talked about. You know, yeah. but, come on, Burke, um, think. <laughs> yeah, come I can't on. think of anything. I, I, one one thing that here you said is, the stuntman, the stuntman don't look right. The stuntman thing, of course, but that's oh, yeah. impossible. Now, to me, that's kind of charming to see that because I sure. love it when they bring in the stunt doubles. And, I heard uh, they're digitally going to replace their faces for the next box set. <laughs> they're going to put Shatner and Ricardo Montalban on. That's there. So funny. <laughs> but, and a lot uh, of it too, stuff they can't help because, like you said, we're seeing on these small TVs now. They're huge, and you can see everything. So they yeah, shop for the technology at the time. It. I'm fine with that. Oh, but yeah. the um. The, the, the one thing I think that bothers me is a story point in it that I think takes it's one of those things where you have a huge story going on and there's a little tiny aspect that ends the story. I think they could have I, and this is just me being picky, but I think they could have done something a little bit more clever than Kirk pulling that that um, bludgeon out of the wall in engineering. Yeah. And that's how he beats Khan. I, I feel like there should have been some other clever 
a twisty, clever under like Kirk being being cl- more clever, you know, not yeah. not physically stronger, but outsmarting him somehow in some sort of a a twisty way. You know what I mean? Like, Which yeah. was then done later in the film. In the film, yeah. exactly. Which yeah. exactly. I was going to yeah. say that's what they did in True. the film. Was the they had him two dimensional? Yeah. Think him. Yeah, it was like the the chess game, you know. Yeah. And I think the idea of playing chess with somebody like Khan, you know, Kirk playing chess with him, I think they should have explored that a little bit. But it turned out where he just sort of goes, "Oh, here's the thing in the wall." <laughs> Bang. Well, you do know? you think it's kind of interesting <laughs> that they had him take on like the primal aspects of combat? That Khan is, you know, familiar with, and he kind of like reverted to that sort of primitive battle, just yeah. like Khan. Like literally I don't a club. I guess I could make excuses man. for him. <laughs> yeah, a bludgeon, a mate. You know, you use yeah. an old-fashioned kind of weapon to beat Khan. You must become Khan, which is beat someone with a stick. That's how yeah. it works. <laughs> or maybe the maybe the the design choice for that object that he pulls out of the wall was you know let's make it look a little bit like a battle axe or something you know like have it be this sort of ancient style weapon that he beats him with you know or because maybe the fact so that it's more phallic history. looking is sort of symbolically more important. <laughs> You had to go there, didn't you, Kathy? Sorry, you, you know, just had to go there. This is a modern conversation. You know, I still it can't get like that a, the lag tied out of my head. I, you know, I just had to do. This. It looks like a PP. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? Symbolically, it works. You can't say it doesn't I, work. I, I did a painting one time where there was a candle behind a mummy, and this guy goes, "Oh my God, it's a Woodrow!" And I'm like, "No, I mean, send him a picture of a submarine." I said, this is a summary. I sent him a picture of a train. I said, this is a train. I said, yeah. this is a picture of a Flash Gordon spaceship. And this is a fucking candle. You might have to bleep me on that. Yeah. It's like, quit just having your mind race to it just because it's that shape, you know? So oh, I've worked with people like that with graphics. I'm sorry. I had to go. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that so many times with do, doing graphic design on shows. It's like, that's phallic. It's like, it's a well, picture I live of in the Tallahassee. State Building. Have you seen our Capitol building? Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember when they were building that. Yeah. They built it. That, that guy that guy took the money and ran. It's two, yeah. two spheres and a, and a straight shaft going up yeah. towards the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's men just building entire cities out of stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there. That, that I guess is and the only anomaly that I have is that he that he just happens to find this thing in the this wall. Giant like, penis oh, in the wall, can, and he had I to beat him with, him with this. You know. It should have been it should have been a little bit more brainy, clever yeah. on Kirk's part to prove that in the end he really is this dude. He really is the dude. You know? See, that would have been the perfect wrap up even or for that, her too. The intellect takes over, and that you know he was able to outsmart Khan, and she was able to outsmart Khan. That would have been better. That, yeah, that these people in the future aren't these weaklings, you know, because mm-hmm. they made his case was that yeah. you know you have you have you're lost not masculine humanity. anymore. You're not masculine yeah. enough. You're not. You can't. Yeah. You're, I could. Take it's like Marlon MacGyver's the way that she says that stuff, and yeah. she goes, "I think men were more exciting back then." You're hanging out with freaking Captain Kirk, yeah, exactly. yeah. the coolest dude ever, other than maybe yeah. James Bond, and you're like. There are some oh, weird yeah. definitions on what masculinity is, how men are allowed to express it, how they're allowed to be, and it's like, and we're still having this battle even today yeah. of what masculinity means. And it's I think like, we always will. You can see, watch Star Trek; people. that battle is still happening between yep. the intellect yeah. and the brawn. That's just how yep. it is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Welcome to America. Hello. Yeah. Humanity. All right, there we are. We ended well, that up. Was, that was space I seed. <laughs> I think we I think we covered it right. I anything think we got a good to bring. Was there anything else that anyone wanted to add? I don't think there's a single thing we can add in this hour long episode. All right, so maybe <laughs> we should we should. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, here we go. We should exit. <laughs> Whatever that is. Yep. I pulled, the dance. I pulled a tit muscle. Sorry. <laughs> Careful, Mark. Jeez. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the uh, for the uh, Cinemondo Explores Star Trek episode uh, Space Seed with our special guest, Mark Maddox. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Sick made a laugh. <laughs>